helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So we're going to key in again on the helmet of salvation. Now, I want to give you all a definition for salvation. Um, salvation, it means uh, defender and it means savior. So we know that Jesus is our defender. We know that he is the good shepherd and the good shepherd protects his sheep. Is anybody excited and happy to know that Jesus knows how to keep you safe? That he knows how to defend you in your time of need. Come on, does anybody appreciate Jesus being a defender in your life? Amen. And so the other part of it is that he is our savior. And I'm especially thankful that Jesus went to the cross for all of us so that we can be saved from our sin. We can be saved from our shame. We can be saved from our guilt and all of all every burden that we've ever carried. We can be saved because Jesus took our place when he went to the cross. And so Jesus is our defender and Jesus is our savior. And when we put on the helmet of salvation, we are reminding ourselves that Jesus is our defender and he is our savior. So we've got to arm ourselves in knowing, especially in 2020, where there has been so much doubt and so much confusion and so much despair, we've got to remind ourselves constantly that Jesus knows how to keep us safe. He knows how to keep us safe from a pandemic. He knows how to keep us safe from financial burdens and hardship. He knows how to save us from oppression. He is our savior. And we've got to constantly remind ourselves with the helmet of salvation that Jesus knows how to keep us safe and he knows how to keep us, um, he knows how to make sure that we're, we're saved in our lives with the things that we, we, we have to overcome. And so look, um, here's the deal. It's so vital that we protect our minds. I can't, I can't express this enough. We have got to make sure that we know how to protect our minds. Um, the enemy comes and he plants thoughts in our heads so that we can, we can start to believe things that go against the word of God. And so look, the devil tries to attack your thought life. I need everybody to understand this, that the devil is trying to desperately attack your thinking, the way that you think. He wants you to challenge the he wants you to challenge what the word of God says. He wants you to challenge the promises that God has made for you. The devil is going to attack your thinking. I need everybody to understand this. If he can control your thoughts, he can control your life. Come on, this is the devil's strategy. So listen, um, again, I love war movies. So like when God was like, hey, teach about the armor of God, I'm like, yes. Right, like something that I can really like be excited about, you know, not that I'm not excited about other messages, but like this message series, super excited about. Um, and so, but everybody in the military knows that the, the, uh, the army or the military force that gains the highest ground wins the war, right? Like whether the highest ground be a hill or a mountain um, or a drone or a satellite, whoever has the highest ground wins. And in spiritual warfare, it's no different. The devil wants to gain the highest ground in your life, which is your mind. He wants to be up here. If he can control your thinking, listen, an army will, will win the war who has the highest ground because he sees how the enemy operates. He knows when to attack. 
He knows when to he knows when to pull the troops back because he can see every scheme that's being plotted against him. And it's the same way with Satan. If he can control your thinking, he can control your life. And so here's what we've got to do. We've got to ensure that the enemy does not gain the highest ground in our lives by keeping the helmet of salvation securely fastened on our heads so that we can make sure that we remember who our defender is and who our our salvation lies in even when life gets challenging and when life gets hard. Is anybody thankful that we've got a helmet of salvation so that that the enemy cannot penetrate our thinking? Come on, we got to give God some praise on that because we've got a helmet that can keep our thought life secure. Is anybody willing to be honest today and say, you know what, I've given the enemy some ground in my head? Come on, like like I've given the enemy a little bit of ground. He's got a foothold in my head right now that that I have not um, allowed God to renew my thinking in different areas. Perhaps it's in your finances. Perhaps it's with your family. Perhaps it's with raising your children. Perhaps it's in your dating relationship. Have you given ground to the enemy or are you standing firm on the promises of God? Because if you're not standing on the promises of God, you're falling for the lies of the enemy. And God wants us to keep the helmet of salvation securely fastened on our heads so that we can clearly know that Jesus will defend us in every situation that we'll ever encounter in our lives. So I want to give you three ways to maintaining a healthy thought life. I want to give you three ways to maintaining a healthy thought life. Now, look, I'm a, I know I say this often, and this is a very important message, but when it comes to spiritual battle, this is probably the most important message that I'll ever preach about the mind. You have got to keep your thoughts and your mind fixed on Jesus. Because if we fix it on anything short of Jesus, we will, our lives will be in disarray. Um, and so here's what I mean. Let's, let's look at the first, um, the first way that, that we're going to maintain a healthy thought life. The first thing that we're going to do is we're going to cast down negative thoughts in our minds. We're going to cast down negative thoughts in our minds. Like I want, as I'm preaching this message, I want you to think about your life. I want you to think about the thoughts that you often entertain. And look, before I go any further, I've got to say this. You are not your thoughts. I'm going to say that again for the, the people in the virtual back and the people in the third row because we socially distance in here. So there ain't a whole lot of people. Um, but listen, I'm going to say it again. You are not your thoughts. You are not your thoughts. Like, like that's the trick of the enemy. The enemy wants to plant a crazy thought or a crazy desire or a crazy temptation or a crazy painful fearful thought about what may or may not happen to you in the future and he wants you to believe that thought so much that and if we believe it if we accept the thought from the enemy the enemy this is what he does the enemy will begin to expand his kingdom in your mind and it'll become a stronghold and you'll believe every word that he's saying because it confirms what the thought is that he planted in your life so here's what we're going to do we're going to cast down negative thoughts in our minds. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and we're going to read verses 4 through 6. It says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, 
but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down imaginations in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And having a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. So now look, the first thing that this scripture says is that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Meaning that they're not natural. So the enemy uses spiritual weapons to affect your natural life. So the enemy will begin to uh, attack your spiritual belief that God is who he says that he is and he can do what he says that he can do. When he begins to plant thoughts of doubt and thoughts of fear and thoughts of anxiety and worry and depression into your mind. And if you own these thoughts, then the enemy will affect your life. And so God wants you to know that the weapons that I'm giving you, they are not natural. So meaning you are not fighting against flesh and blood. I keep telling you, people are not your problem. The Democrats are not your problem. The Republicans are not your problem. I'm going to say it this way. President Trump is not your problem. Come on, like Joe Biden is not your problem. Like all of these social, uh, all the social unrest that we are facing, yes, they are real. And people do do crazy things um, with their lives and make crazy choices that affect other people. But the reality is this, they are under the influence of a spiritual power that needs to be cast down. Can somebody give God some praise in this place? Because God knows how to pull strong holds down so here's what happens right so our our spiritual weapon which is the helmet of salvation is mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds it is your spiritual weapon what is your spiritual weapon again it is the helmet of salvation the helmet of salvation the the idea and the belief and the faith that Jesus is our defender against what Whatever is trying to attack you in your life. And that he is able to save from what? Save you from your sin. Save you from your guilt. Save you from your shame. Save you from your depression, your anxiety. Whatever is attacking you, Jesus is able to bring you out and to save you. We ought to give God some praise because Jesus is our savior. Jesus is our defender. I know this is our first Sunday gathering back, but y'all are a little too quiet for me today. We ought to give God a shout of hallelujah, a shout of praise in this place because he is our defender and he knows how to save us. So now listen, um, so um, here's what we got to deal with. We're dealing with a stronghold. So now what's a stronghold? Want everybody to grab your notebooks. Look, if you're looking on um, at Vive Virtual, you can go to the Bible app and access our notes. I know things are a little bit differently um, today. We're working on being able to get everything excellent. But until then, go over to the Bible app so that you can follow along. All you do is go into um, the search um, at the Bible app. You can put in Vive City Church and our notes will, um, will, will uh, compile. So you guys can access those at any given time so that you can get this Deep down in your heart because we got to know how to wage war against the enemy. So look, stronghold is an old army term. Told you all I like military. Don't judge me. 
Um, I like I like to see people get blown up every now and again on TV. Just on TV. That's it. Just on TV. Um, but no, like it's an old war term. And what a stronghold actually is, it's in a military force that goes into a territory and overtakes it and then builds a castle up on a high mountain or a high hill, uh, the most elevated point in that territory. Again, the enemy or the military always wants the highest ground. And so a stronghold is a fortified city or a castle that cannot easily be penetrated. Here's what the enemy wants to do in your life. He wants to plant demonically influenced thoughts into your, into your mind. Thoughts about you dying prematurely. Has anybody ever been there before? Thoughts of God is done with you. Has anybody been there before? That, that, that your purpose will never be fulfilled. Has anybody been there before? You'll never get the promotion. You'll, you'll never do this. You'll never do that. You're just a sinner. That there is nothing else to you. You're just going to be just like your dad. And X, Y, and Z. The enemy wants to plant these thoughts in your mind. And watch this. If you accept them as true, then he will build a fortified city around that thought. And it cannot be penetrated easily. Are y'all hearing me this morning? Like the enemy wants to engage in warfare against your mind. And then he, wa he wants to plant the thought in your mind. Then he wants to build a castle around that thought that cannot be taken down easily. But thanks be to God that he has given us spiritual weapons that are able to pull down the strongholds in our lives. So I got to ask you, what lies from the enemy have you believed? Have you believed that you're not good enough? Have you believed that you'll never be married? Have you, can you, have you ever believed that you'll never be able to have the baby or God will never be able to bring you purpose or fulfillment from your life? What lie have you believed? Have you believed that God will never heal your body? Has, have you believed that God will never liberate you and set you free from the addiction? Those are strongholds that are in your life, and I am calling them out in the name of Jesus, and I am telling you right now that God has given you weapons of warfare that will pull down the strongholds in your life. And it is the helmet of salvation that protects you from the strongholds that the enemy is trying to plant in your life. So what are we going to do? We are going to cast them down in the name of Jesus. Here's what I mean practically. As you assess your thought life, as you assess the thoughts that tend to uh, come to your mind on a regular basis, think about it. Think about the sinful thoughts that pop into your mind. Think about the negative thoughts that pop in your mind. Think about the thoughts of, of, of just those feelings when you begin to get overwhelmed and you begin to get frustrated because you don't have the answer or the solution. That is the enemy playing tricks in your mind, and those thoughts do not belong to you, so you don't need to accept them. Look, look um, recently... Um, you know, um, we, we recently bought a house. God has been able to, to bless us. We finally have a house in a good school district that our kid can go to where we don't have to pay private school money, thousands of dollars and all this stuff. We're looking at it. I'm like, Jesus, take the wheel. I'm starting to stress out. Right. So so God has opened up doors for us to be able to have um, a, a house. And, um, and with that, we're getting all of these solicitors. And just the other day. 
somebody tried to sell me some solar panels. And I said, um, yeah, no, um, I didn't even, like, I'm, like, he's, like, at the door standing, and I'm, like, kind of looking, like, you know, out the, the, the peephole, and I'm, like, he, bruh, just not going to leave, right? Like, because I was just going to leave him out there. And that's what we need to do with the enemy. We need to leave him out there. Too many of us are opening up the door and having conversations with the enemy about what he wants to do in our lives, just like bruh wanted to sell me some solar panels, and I didn't want them. Well, the reality is this, if you don't want the thought, you could cast the thought down. So I cast it, bruh, down. I was like, no, nah, bruh, I'm good. I didn't even open up the door. He's like, hey, can I leave you a flyer? You can't leave me nothing. I don't want that at my house. And that's what we need. That's the attitude that we need to have with the enemy when he tries to plant thoughts of doubt and negativity in our lives. We need to leave him standing at the front door, and we need to tell him, you are not wanted here. I do not want what you're trying to leave me in my life. If he's like, hey, if I could just leave this, this literature with you, like, like, look, things are probably not going to work out. Can I leave that with you? You may not leave that with me. I cast you down in the name of Jesus. And listen, when we resist the devil, what does he have to do? He's got to flee from us. So in a practical sense, as you get negative thoughts from the enemy, you examine them by the word of God. And if the thought does not line up with the word of God, out of your mouth, literally, church, like I didn't seen some of y'all like catch some attitude with people before. I'm lying. I ain't seen y'all. But maybe you do. Um, this is how we need to be with the enemy. You are not to be silent about what he is trying to do and put in your life. As he's trying to give you thoughts, you, out of your mouth, you are to say, I cast this thought down in the name of Jesus. But you can't end there. Now you've got to, now that you've stripped down the thought, now you have to replace the thought with what God thinks about you. So now you say, so look, I want to give you an example. Um, you know, like, you know, for years, for years, um, but, you know, before, you know, like in my teenage years, like I was a slave to pornography. I was a slave to pornography in my teenage years. Whenever I got the thought to go watch porn, I watched porn. Like, again, I, I want y'all to follow me. Whenever I got the thought to watch porn. I watched porn, right? And so this was the progression. And so once I made a decision and I went all in, like we talked about earlier today, team, about going all in for God. Is anybody still excited about going all in for God? Come on, right? And so when I made the choice and I made the decision to go all in for God and I learned about how the enemy tries to penetrate my thinking, then now the enemy, watch this, he's still the same. Just like God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, so is the enemy. So is his temptations. He don't, there's no new tricks under the sun. So he began to, to prompt me and tempt me to watch porn after I made a decision to go all in for God. And so I began to say, I cast that thought down in the name of Jesus. Then the scripture that I put on it to replace the negative thought, I will glorify God in my mind and my body, which belongs to the Lord. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20. Listen, you cannot allow thoughts to go unchecked in your life or else you will be slave to a negative thought life for the rest of your life. You have got to cast down thoughts and replace them with what God 
what is what the word of God and the truth of what God's word says, you've got to cast it down every time. So if I had a thought to watch pornography 20 times a day, I was out of my mouth casting it down 20 times a day. And as you are consistent with casting thoughts down and replacing them with God's word, the less thoughts will begin to come into your life. Watch this, though. I've been free from pornography for I don't know how long. Do you think the enemy still tries to knock at my door to see if I'll go to those websites again? Absolutely. What am I saying when he does? I cast that trash down in the name of Jesus, and I will glorify God in my mind and my body, which belongs to the Lord. We've got to make a practice out of confronting the negative thoughts from the enemy. So no matter what the struggle is, if you've got sickness and disease that you've been dealing with, and, and every time you get a thought, man, I don't know if I can overcome this. Nope, I cast that down in the name of Jesus. I am saying out of my mouth, no weapon formed against me will prosper. I'm saying out of my mouth to, to, to combat that thought that, that I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. You got to put a word on it. Come on, church, somebody say, I got to put a word on it. Like, you got to put a word on these negative thoughts. And as you do, the enemy will have to flee from you. So we're going to cast down negative thinking. Everybody got that? Number one, we're going to cast down negative thinking. The second thing that we're going to do, we're going to guard our minds. I cannot stress this enough. You cannot, like, walk around. Like, look, we all got masks on in the, in the room, right? Like, everybody's got a mask on. I'm a little different right now just because I'm speaking. But I guarantee you, after I speak, I'm going to have my mask on, right? Like, we are practicing having a mask on. Why? Because we are guarding ourselves against a virus. And there is a spiritual virus that is lurking from the enemy. He is wanting to cause us to have sick thoughts, negative thoughts, defeated thoughts, thoughts of fear. But we have got to put on a spiritual mask over our minds. And we've got to guard our minds because the enemy is wanting to attack us. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to or we're gonna go to Philippians chapter 4. Verses 6 and 7. I'm going to unpack how do you guard your mind. So Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So look. When, our, when, when we guard our minds, we won't be anxious about anything. I want to I say that again because, look, anxiety tends to be the, the word of the day. Where, where so many people is dealing with anxiety. And really what anxiety is, it's, it's, it's us trying to be the, uh, the God in our own lives. Where we're not fully dependent on what God is able to do in our lives. And we, we recognize that we can't manage the, the weight of life by ourselves. And I think 2020 has taught all of us that. That if you thought you was managing your life, 2020 came through like, oh, what up? How you doing about that now? <laughs> right? And so I think we're all kind of learning like, okay, we need God. And so anxiety uh, will be a thing of the past when, um, when you have your mind guarded. Um, by what God wants it to be guarded by, his word. And, and so listen, here's the deal. How do you guard your mind? Well, we're going to break the scripture down to understand how do you guard your mind. The first thing that we're going to do that in every situation, pray. Look, notice what I didn't say. In every situation, worry. 
No, notice what I didn't say. In every situation, go ask the internet what it thinks. That you, man, I got this pain. Like, I can't explain it. Let me go to WebMD. That ain't what I told you to do. That, that's not what we're going to do. No, in every situation, pray. When your, when your spouse is acting crazy, pray. Like, not the, the first thing you're not going to do is go off on them. That's not what we're going to do. In every situation, pray. When your kids are acting crazy, when you got thoughts about, man, like, I'm going to take this kid out. I don't think they understand me right now because they're not listening. Pray. Like, the first response that you have in every area of your life is pray. That is the first response. Prayer is a first response, not a last resort. Somebody ought to text a friend. Somebody ought to tweet that out. Somebody ought to share this post right now, this, this video right now, because somebody needs to know you got to stop allowing prayer to be a last resort. No, it's got to be a first response. Every situation, pray. And then in every situation, be thankful. This one is hard, right? Come on, can you be thankful in 2020? Have you on purpose, have you found things to be thankful for in 2020? Come on, if you've been, come on, if you've been laid off, if you've been furloughed, can you be thankful? Come on, man. Like, like, I know this is not easy. Like, have they cut back your, if they cut back your hours, can you be thankful? If Bay walked out on you, can you be thankful? Come on, church. Like, if you've been at home doing this virtual learning with your kids while you're trying to work from home and you feel like you're about to go tilt, can you be thankful? Can, I'm, I'm preaching, I meant that for me. Uh, like, y'all can take that if y'all want to. That one was for me. Can you be thankful? Like, can, like can, in everything, like, we got, we got a, you know, our son, our son is five months today. Brave is five months today, right? And that's, that's amazing and all that, um, but he didn't sleep all that good last night. Can you be thankful? Can I, can I be thankful? Like, like, this is a message that's hitting home for me. So in every situation, be thankful. I'm telling you how to not be anxious. In every situation, pray. And in every situation, be thankful. Find something to thank God about even when it's hard. Like, even in hard seasons, we got to find something to be thankful to God about. We got to be thankful. It's like your spouse is acting up. Man, thank God I got a spouse. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. I was believing God for this woman. I was believing God for this man. Thank you, Jesus, that I got a spouse. Even though they're not acting right, I'm going to pray about that. God, help them. Lord, Jesus, bless them. But, like, this is the, the, the way that we've got to pattern our lives. We've got to be thankful and we got to pray. And, look, when you do these things, the peace of God, watch this, the peace of God will guard your hearts. So peace means security, it means safety, and it means prosperity. So, again, peace it means security, it means safety and prosperity. So look, um, peace also means exemption from uh, the rage of war. And I think everybody feels like we've been at war this, in this season. Like we have been in a war this season. And when we pray about everything, and when we are thankful in every situation, the peace of God will guard our hearts. Or God, even though you're in the middle of a battle, God will exempt your mind from the chaos that war brings. Did y'all get that? Like when you're at war, and we, we have all been at war, when you pray about everything while you're at war, when you're thankful with, about everything that you encounter while you're at war, then the peace of God, which peace 
it, it actually allows you to be exempt from the rage of war. It doesn't say from war. It's from the rage of war. And so listen, God is trying to let us know that even, even though 2020 has been challenging, it has been difficult, God is able to protect our minds with such a peace that it protects you or it exempts you from the fallout and the hurt and the pain that war brings. You don't have to have, look, just because somebody else's 2020 is defeated doesn't mean yours has to be. God is trying to give us the steps to keep our minds safe in this season. And then the last thing that I want to give you, number three, is that we've got to keep our minds on God. We've got to keep our minds on God. Now, this, 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 this causes practice. Like, this is a practice that we have to call into play, that we've got to fix our focus on God. We've got to keep our minds on God. Um, Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3 says this. It says, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Now, now there's a, a, a key part of this, this verse. It says, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Now, I want to I break the verse down just a little bit. So it says, keep, right? God will keep you. Keep in this verse, it literally means to protect and it means to bring peace. So God will protect you and bring you peace when you keep your mind fixed on God. When you keep your mind stayed on God, God will keep your mind or protect your mind and bring your mind peace. Like this is, the, like we've got to, the, the, the most essential part of this verse that we've got to go home with is that I've got to keep my mind fixed on God. And so, so God, again, he'll, he'll bring you peace. He'll bring you mental wellness. And God will protect your mental wellness when you keep your mind fixed on him. But, but I want to I wanna let you in on something here, though. Like, we've got we've to do our part. We've got to keep our mind fixed on God. And then the other part of it is that we've got to trust in God. Right? We've got to keep our mind fixed on God, and we have to trust in God. God will protect your mental wellness when you keep your mind fixed on him. And then, um, th then it, listen, it says we got to keep our mind stayed on God. We can't keep our mind on the news. Like, like I believe there's a season. We can't keep our mind on social media. There's a season, and I, I think we upon it, where it's time to silence all the outside noise. Come on, like, look. Us staying glued to social media is not going to end social injustice. Come on, us, us patrolling, like making sure that like nobody is being like treated harshly or bad or oppression isn't happening. That's not ending oppression. Us continuing to post all day long about this tragedy and that tragedy. Look, what ends up happening is our minds are being inundated with negative things, and we can't seem to understand why we can't shake the heaviness, why we can't shake the grief, why we can't shake the anger and the rage. The reason being, listen, social media is amazing, but it's got to be in its proper place. We can't just keep consuming everybody's trash on social. 
are you on social more than you're in, in the word of God? Like, like that, that, that's, that's the deal because God is saying, look, I can't keep you in perfect peace if you're looking at chaos and mess all day. The only way I'm able to keep you in peace, keep your mind in perfect peace, is if you keep your mind stayed on me. And so God is, is saying, look, like it's time. And I think some of us, need, we need to go on a spiritual detox. Where we need to fast from social. We need to fast from watching the news and all of the craziness that's around us. And we are in political season. Look, the reality is this. You, you, you already know who you're voting for. You ain't got to look at all the debates no more. <laughs> right? Like, if you're still trying to be informed, cool. But listen, if it's stressing you out, if it's making you anxious and angry a little bit, it's time to cut it off. Because the real, the real deal is this. God is in control of it all. God sets up kingdoms and he tears down kingdoms. It is all God. The whole earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and everything in it. Every politician, every Republican, every Democrat, every liberal, um, everybody, all belong, all belong to God. We all do. But we cannot keep being inundated with so much negativity that we weigh ourselves down. If you, are, if you get off of Facebook and, and your mind is all wound up, and you feel heavy, and you feel a little, like, depressed, and you feel anxious, man, it's time to cut it off, right? We got to pay attention to our souls. God wants to keep us in perfect peace. So the requirement, again, is us keeping our minds fixed on God, and then we got to trust in God. God knows exactly what he's doing, and it's about time for us to surrender trust over to him. He wants to do amazing things in our lives. But we've got to protect our minds. We got to guard our minds. We got to cast down negative thoughts, and we got to keep our minds fixed on God. Has anybody been blessed by the service today? Is anybody blessed by the Word of God today? Amen. Well, listen. I wanna I wanna spend some time. I'm gonna have everybody here. If you guys can stand. Um, if you're at home, I want you to get into an attitude of just like worship and prayer and focusing on God. I want to lead us in a prayer of peace. How's that sound? Can we, anybody use some peace in your life? Anybody use some like just, just some, some um, exemption from all the rage of war that's been around us this whole time? Like I want to spend some time just, just let's pray. Father, I bless you. I praise you. I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you will keep us in perfect peace. God, I pray that we would trust you enough to um, keep our minds fixed on you, not the economy, not the polls, um, not, not all the craziness that's happening around us, not, not the threat of layoff or, or furlough. We're not going to keep our minds on any of those things, even though those are real issues. But God, you are the way, you are the truth, and you are the life, and you have power, God. And we're going to keep our minds fixed on you. We're going to keep our minds stayed on you. And as we do, I thank you that you will keep us in perfect peace, that you will give us a peace that will pass all understanding, God, that even though we can't understand all the things that we're seeing, we can't understand all the problems that we face, we can't understand why this continues to plague our society, we can't understand why we're going through the things 
things that we're going through. But God, I thank you that you'll give us a peace that transcends everything that we are going through. I pray right now in the name of Jesus that we will guard our minds today, God. That we won't let mess get in. But, but when we experience mess, we're going to stop and we're going to pray. And I pray in the name of Jesus that you will find something to be thankful for even when the seasons are challenging and hard. And I pray in the name of Jesus that you will train us to examine every thought that begins to try to plague our minds. And I pray, God, that if it does not um, meet the requirement of the word of God, we will cast down the thought in the name of Jesus. I thank you that you have given us the helmet of salvation, Lord, that will pull down every stronghold, that will pull down every demonic thought that tries to enter into our lives. No more castles in our minds, but a kingdom in our mind that says, God, we believe you, we trust you with our lives, and I thank you that you will have our, your way in our lives in the name of Jesus. Come on, church. Can we make some noise? Can we give God some praise? For he is good, and his mercies endure forever. Amen, amen, amen. Well, listen, right now we have the awesome opportunity to sow into the kingdom of God. We know that we have been blessed to be able to sow back into the kingdom of God. We make giving around here very easy. Um, you can go to vivecitychurch.com slash giving to give, or you can text to give at 84321. Listen, I want to share this scripture with everybody today. Um, it says in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24, it says, One gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds, and what, uh, withholds what he should give and only suffers want. So there's a principle in the word of God, and we know here at Vive, we don't give to get, but we get to give because it's our act of worship before God. But here's the deal, though. Here's, here's what the principle says in the word of God, that if you freely give, God will freely give to you. Like, and how many know, like, you can't outgive God. It is impossible to outgive God. And so the more you give to the kingdom of God, the more the kingdom of God will add to your income, will add to your peace, will add to your joy, will add to the presence of God in your life, the more that you give. But then the next part of the verse, I've got I'll be remiss if I didn't mention it. It says, those who don't give what they should give, they find themselves in want. And so I, uh, it's a, just a real question for everybody. You know, earlier a, a, in our Vive vision, we talked about not giving into the spirit of mammon. And the spirit of mammon is, is the love of money. And the love of money grips us and says, you'll run out. You better not give to that church. You better not do that. But listen, God is saying, if you freely give what I've already given you, I'm going to give you even more. But greed is going to take away from your lives. And so I want to ask you, prepare your hearts to ask God, what do you want me to give, God? I'm going to be obedient to you today. And as you're obedient to God, God is going to render blessing in your life. Amen. Well, by virtual, it's been so great having you today. Um, I, I'm praying for you. I'm rooting for you this week. I'm believing that God is going to move in your life. And I'm looking forward to seeing you right back here next week as we conclude every day I fight. God bless you.